This is the Family Culture Project, and today we'll be talking about how you alone can create a strong family culture. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you were meant to be. Today's episode is a solo episode. That's because we'll be talking about the things that I've done on my own without my husband to create the family that we have today. Now, I want you to know this episode is not where I brag about the things I've done. It is simply a peek into my story and how the things that I thought didn't matter, the things that seem inconsequential, really did have a lasting impact and create the family culture that we have today. Back in April, I did a survey and asked you guys what was the biggest obstacle you had to imagining, planning, and building your family's culture. And many of you answered not wanting to do this work on your own. And I absolutely get it because I've been there. There's a lot of different reasons for why you would be building culture on your own. It could be because you're a single parent. It could be because your spouse is working long hours. Or it could be because your spouse just isn't on board and thinks that personal growth and intentional living is not for them. For whatever your reason is that you're doing this on your own or that you feel that you're doing this on your own, I want you to know that it is possible to make a change in your family to build your family's culture by taking small steps that will move your family in the direction of living with purpose. So when my kids were young, my husband worked a lot of hours and he would commute into the city and we would see him in the morning and typically at night we would not see him and then we would see him again on the weekend. So a lot of the things I did in the early years of parenthood was on my own and it was frustrating and it was overwhelming. Mainly because I had a lot of ideas about what I wanted our family to look like and I would run these ideas past my husband, and even though he would think that they were a great idea, it was actually up to me to make it happen. And some of my ideas included a family night, memorizing scripture, and special Saturday morning breakfasts, cooked by my husband, not by me. But they weren't materializing on their own. And to be honest, my husband didn't have the capacity to be a part of that culture building process because of the hours that he was working, because of the stress that he was under, and because of the schedule that we had and what we were allowing it to do to our family. I often felt sorry for myself, frustrated and angry, and eventually that anger and frustration led to bitterness. And I was so busy taking a stand, the stand of I shouldn't have to do this alone. If I just had help, this would be easier. If I just could have somebody to partner with, I would have the perfect life. I was seriously throwing a pity party for myself, but that all changed when I understood the power that I had to make the changes that I wanted to see on my own. Now, at the time, I would complain to my friends about all the things that my husband was not doing, all the things that we weren't doing together as a family because my husband wasn't on board, and I insisted that he would drive the bus on these things, and most of my friends agreed. They thought it all sucked until one day a friend of mine said to me, so what? If it's important to you, why don't you just make it happen? I was angry, but she was right. By making all of the excuses I was making, I was losing time. My kids were getting older by the minute, and I was still lamenting over the family that I wish I had. Eventually, with the help of my friend, I got to the point where I truly believed that the things that I did mattered, that the small things and the big things were worth doing, and I began to take action, and that action created forward motion for my family. Now, I wanted to share with you a few of the things that I did with my kids when they were young that I know 
are what has led us to who we are today. So when my husband was working a lot of long hours, I made the decision to start eating with my kids. And I would sit down with them even when they were too young to appreciate me sitting down with them, when they were too young to even feed themselves. And they were in high chairs and they couldn't hold conversations. I made it a point that we would all sit down at the table every night for dinner. And I wouldn't just feed them and walk away. I would sit down and eat with them as if they were other grown-ups. Partially because I was lonely, but partially because... I wanted to teach them social skills, and this was how I knew to do it. And every night we sat down at that table and we ate together. And even when they rejected the food I cooked, and even when they didn't want to have anything to do with, um, you know, conversation, I still did it time and time again. And today, my kids absolutely love and look forward to our dinner times together. Another thing that I often did with my kids when they were little is that we would watch TV together and this would be like on purpose TV where we would find a show that we really liked and we would watch it together. And little did I know that that was actually providing an opportunity for us to spend time together, for us to snuggle, and even for us to find something that we enjoyed together. And then sometimes we would talk about it and it was really fun. And even now now that my kids are teenagers, we still do the same thing. That was something that seems trivial when your kids are little and you put on the TV and you snuggle with them because you just need a break. But when you do that often enough, it creates a culture and it creates a rhythm and it creates time for you guys together. Another thing that I can remember doing with my kids when they they were little was taking them to museums. I had a small group of friends at the time that also had kids the same age as mine, and we would load our kids up into the cars and then load them into their strollers, and we would take them to museums, whether we would go into New York City or we would stay local. We would do things with our kids just so that we could get out of our house, and it became a pretty common thing. And yes, I wanted to take them to these things because I wanted to expose them to learning and education and to sights and sounds and all that good stuff. But I really did it just to get out of the house and have things to do. And what that has created for us today is, you know, we love to go on vacation. And when we go on vacation, we love to go to museums. We love to to check out um, what the local neighborhoods are known for, what is their specialty in food. And so we have this adventurous spirit. And I believe it's because of the time that I spent taking them all over the place so that I would have something to do and not be stuck with them at home. And another thing that we loved to do together was watch cooking shows. Now, when they were little, I would turn the Food Network on because it seemed like the best way I could watch grown-up TV while having appropriate content on the television. We would watch cooking shows, and I absolutely believe that that's one of the reasons why my kids love to cook today. It's one of the reasons why they love gathering around food, trying new foods, going to new restaurants, and doing things that have to do with cooking. All of these things that I've just shared with you, some of them I did do on purpose because I was trying to set precedence and I was trying to create a home where we ate together and I was trying to create a home where, um, you know, the kids were learning things. But at the same time, some of these really incredible things that I did with the kids were were out of necessity, were out of what it, what it took for me to survive motherhood while being exhausted. And the point of me saying this is to let you know that 
you're creating culture whether you realize it or not. And so what you need to decide is if you want to take control of it. And all of those things that I talked about us doing, eating together, watching TV together, going to museums, cooking, all of that I did on my own without my husband. I made those choices to incorporate those things into our everyday and into our lives. And now I'm experiencing the fruit of it. There were certain things that Of course, I invited my husband to be a part of, but if for some reason he was too busy, if he was at work, if he needed to rest on the weekend because he hadn't been home all week, whatever it was, I chose to keep moving forward in them, to keep showing up and to keep doing the things that I wanted to do with my children. And I kept instilling the beliefs and the values in my children that I wanted to, not waiting for somebody to come alongside me, to give me permission or to even join me in it. And to be honest with you, Um, eventually I saw that as my husband's workload lightened, he was able to join me in many of those things. And you guys need to know that you have the power to do this too. You have the ability to stop what you're doing and do things on purpose, to begin to take action and create the family that you want. So it's the small things, it's the big things, whatever it is that you do, as you start to do them consistently, you will create forward motion in your family. In an organization, regular team meetings are a given. They keep people informed, help them achieve goals, and ensure everyone is on the right track. Weekly family meetings do the same. Not only do they allow you to see if you're spending your time and resources in a way that lines up with your family's values, but it also helps you approach each week with purpose. To help you get started having weekly check-ins with the ones that you love, we've created a free family meeting packet. It includes sample agendas and discussion topics. You can find the link in the show notes or go to the T-H-E familycultureproject.com to get your copy. Now, the actions that you take within your family either have a positive or negative impact. There are no actions that are neutral when it comes to building culture. So this is not to scare you or to overwhelm you or to have you overthink what it is that you're doing in the everyday, but to rather show you that when you choose to do something on purpose, something that matters to you, something that you care about, that it will have an impact on your family. It will be telling them and the world what your values and what your beliefs are. I have a few things that you can begin doing today on your own to change your family's culture. And one of the things is to recognize where you already are. I want you guys to know that you are doing better than you think you are. There are things that you are doing every day with your family members that are building culture. So what is it that you're already doing on a regular basis that you just like to maybe take it up a notch, lean into, and do a little bit more of because it's important to you and because it matters? Number two is brainstorm about what is important to you. What's the one thing that you would like to implement, change, or tweak? Think to yourself, what is the one thing that I want to get right in this season? What is it that I need to begin? What is it that I may even need to stop doing because it's really not the path I want to be on? Put all of those things down on a list. Don't censor yourself. Don't edit. Just write everything down. It's amazing what you'll come up with when you approach it this way. Number three, decide what is one small step that I can take over and over again to get me moving in the right direction. So what is it that you want to do? Is it take a walk every day together? Let's look at your calendar and figure out 
when we can do that and what's the best time and how does everybody's schedule work, then put it in your calendar and make it an appointment. Just like you would stick to the appointments that you make with friends or your hair salon or your doctor, keep your appointment that you make with yourself to do the thing that you would like to build. So decide not just on the step, but also the details of the step. So how often am I going to do it? Who's going to go with me? What is it going to look like? And then set out to do it. Number four is partner with someone, and there's a bunch of different ways that you can do this. You can find a friend to hold you accountable, and you can do this by forwarding this podcast to a friend and saying, hey, take a listen. What do you think about this? Let's make some changes together. You know, one of the ways that I have accountability with my friends for the goals that I'm trying to achieve is to connect with them over Voxer. It's a walkie-talkie app that allows me to talk back and forth to them, share with them my highs, my lows, my prayer requests, and leave them a message, and then they can get back to me whenever they have time. They don't have to do it right away. And the beauty of this is if you are a um, young parent, a mom, you may be feeling overwhelmed and don't think that you have the time to maintain a relationship with a friend but the Voxer app makes that really easy. You could also create a group of friends that would get together and walk together in this process. So maybe it's your playgroup moms. I assembled a group of moms a few years back to read with me The Life-Giving Home by Sally Clarkson. We created this book group where each month we would read a chapter of the book that actually corresponded with the month we were reading it. And it was meant to be read over a year. So over the course of the year, we read it together and we got together once a month and talked about the changes that we wanted to see in our family, the progress that we were making. We were able to share ideas and encourage one another. And one other way that you can partner with someone is by hiring a coach. Now, I am a family culture coach, which means that I work with people to help them figure out what really matters to them and what it looks like in the everyday. And so just to break it down a bit, it looks like us together overcoming obstacles that prevent you from living connected and with purpose. Now, my main job is not to give you advice. It's not to tell you what to do, but rather to cheer you on and hold you accountable for the steps that you want to take in achieving your goal. If you're wondering if family coaching is for you, let's hop on a call and see if you're ready to take the next steps. You can find out more details about coaching and how to set up a call on my website. Now, you may not see the fruit of the small steps that you take over time right away, and you may be tempted to give up, but I'm encouraging you not to do it. Like I said earlier, a lot of the things that I thought didn't matter, I'm seeing the fruit of in my life today, whether positive or negative. As we wrap up this episode, I want you to ask yourself, who can I partner with in this journey? And then write that text, send that email, or make that call to get the support that you need to start building your family's culture on purpose. If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find us over on Instagram. It's our favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. Plus, we share the family hacks that have helped us build culture along the way. You can find me at Carl Amici. And you can find me at Kimberly Amici. Don't let the pretty pictures fool you. Our family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.